Hey, PT listeners, we've been working on something special at Tier 11, something that I can say without exaggeration or without hesitation will produce better ad optimization and increased conversions and have a profound impact on the amount of data you can send back to all your ad platforms. That includes Meta, that includes TikTok, that includes Google, and we call it X-Ray Tag. And it's only available to Tier 11 customers. A lot of businesses think that it's Black Friday, it's the holiday season, and once they actually get through that, then they'll worry about next year. Well, now is the time for you to start gathering all the data that you can to set yourself and your business up for success in 2024. X-Ray Tag replaces all the potpourri of pixels, cappies, cookies with one single implementation that sends higher quality first-party data back to all your ad platforms. In fact, in our early testing, we've seen a 40 to 100% increase in event matching quality, aka EMQs in Meta, which translates into better ad optimization and increased conversions. So if you feel like your ads are flying blind, head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray to get early access. Clients to sign up before the end of the year, move to the front of the line, and we are only offering this for the PT listener like yourself. So head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray. Don't miss out. Welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. So getting back to our case study, I think we should probably take a commercial break first. And we'll People get into... Want they want to yeah. know that we're making money. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And Ryan Dice needs to pay the bills. Like That's I think right. he's buying a new Tesla. He's getting one of those plaid ones. So anyway, we'll be right back with the case study here. We'll be talking about all those testimonial videos that we used, as well as how we put this funnel turned it upside down in a way in which you probably wouldn't expect that led to the great results. So we'll be right back after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Was your Black Friday cyber money not quite as great as you wanted it to be? Did you feel like you were leaving money on the table? You knew you could have made more sales, but you just didn't know where that money was lying on the table. Well, it's probably because you have some blind spots in your business. We here at Perpetual Traffic want to make 2024 your best year ever. And now is the time to plan for it and set yourself up for 2024. It is not after the first of the year because by the time you actually start doing your planning after January 1st, you've already missed a month. So get that planning done now and do it on us. We are giving away 10 free audits, which goes through all of your ad platforms, all the platforms that you're spending money on right now, or maybe the ones that you're maybe not spending money on, but we feel that there is a great opportunity for you to spend and scale and grow. We'll also look at everything after the click for your CRO, your conversion architecture, as we call it. We'll even analyze your email sequences. And most importantly, we'll look at your data. 
how you're actually capturing visitors' information, and how it's tracking all the way to your CRM or whatever your source of truth is. And we do this through a comprehensive audit where we rate each section of your customer acquisition path, give you a rating, and then give some recommendations as to what you should do in order to have 2024 be the best year ever. Now, we're only going to offer this for 10 lucky businesses in the month of December. Okay, that's it. That's the only capacity that we have. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash audit. Fill out the form and let's make 2024 the best year ever. All right, we are back here talking case studies here. We talked about the importance of testimonial videos and how that is so important for any business, whether you're in e-commerce, service, you're selling digital products, get testimonials from your customers. And there's a certain way that you should use them. We'll be getting into that in today's case study. So one of the first things we did, Kasim, and I think in any case study, you need to go to the basics. And mm. for us, like the basics of the basics, for you as a Google Ads agency, what do you set up first before you do anything and make sure that it's working? What's the most important thing in your mind? Conversion tracking. 100%. No I question. knew you'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're not tracking the most important events, the conversion events that matter most to you, like your ads really won't work. The algorithm won't know what to do. Yeah. And whether it's Facebook or Google or any platform, like that is the key to it all. So for us, they were actually not they were not tracking their booked call conversion event. We're like, why are you not doing that? That was actually one of the things. So they were optimizing for leads, but not optimizing for booked calls because they didn't even have that conversion event set up. So what you ideally want, especially when you're talking paid social, Facebook, meta platforms, is that you want to be able to optimize for the event that really matters the most to you. In this particular case, it's booked calls. However, a booked call is an event, their goal is... 20 booked calls per week. So even in the best case scenario, that's all their sales team apparently can handle, maybe 30. But in an ideal world, when you're trying to optimize your ads for Facebook and the meta platforms specifically, you want to have at least 50 conversions per week per ad set. And if you're running multiple ad sets, just booked call conversions, there's not enough of them to optimize your ads. Does so that that's make an sense? interesting data point you just gave us, Ralph, because if it's 50 conversions per week per ad set, mm -hmm. and you said that these guys want $100 cost per lead, $100 aiming per at 100 to 200 call. cost per lead, yep. or to, per book call, excuse me, call. then they have to spend 10 grand a week. They would, but... Per ad set. Yeah, exactly. But that would be probably too much. That They're... Sales team would be overwhelmed. I don't know as if they'd be able to fulfill capacity-wise. Interesting. What a great conversation that is to have with a client, though. It's like, oh, here's what I want. And then you get to say, here's what the algorithm requires. And we're going to back into this from a business perspective. Correct. Correct. So this is one of the challenges is that when you've... Well, when we looked at this ad account, we said, okay, what they really want is they want a book call. What they really want is sales, of course, right. at the end of the day. But the precursor to a sale 
and based upon their closing rates is a booked call. But if their goal is 20 per week, it's not going to be enough for us to optimize for it in our advertising, especially for Meta. So that we just didn't have enough to go around. Plus, they weren't even tracking it anyway. So it wasn't really even an option. There was no history of any of the campaigns being optimized for a booked call because the tracking wasn't even working for the booked call. So Mm. what we did is we ended up optimizing for leads, which is the precursor of the booked call. So remember, this is a webinar funnel. This is a lead magnet funnel that then prompts them to a booked call after they consume the content in the webinar, after they consume the content in the lead magnet. So algorithm-wise, we're, we're optimizing for leads here. And maybe at some point when they scale up and are larger, maybe their goal is 100, 200 booked calls per week, we could probably, with increased ad spend, like you're saying, and increased budgets, we could optimize for a booked call, but not at this point because they were not ready. But they are. Dude, that's are. wicked ninja. So this is the pro tip that I'm pulling out of this. If you're not going to reach that 50 conversion threshold, 50 conversions a week, move earlier in the funnel. Yeah, you have to. Where you will. You have to. That's genius. I, I, think, it's, I think it's true in, uh, in most platforms. And I know for TikTok, for example, you start your ads optimizing for up funnel events, not the ultimate event because you want to train the algorithm. And that used to be the case with Facebook too. It's not the case anymore. I think Facebook's Mm. algorithm has gotten so smart that yes, as long as you're getting those 50 conversions per week in per ad set, the algorithm is going to come out or the ad set itself is going to come out of learning phase and it'll start to self-actualize and understand exactly where your target audience is inside your cold traffic audiences. But up funnel events training Facebook to ultimately, or the meta platforms, up funnel events, like sometimes you just have to do it just because you don't have the actual event that you really want to optimize for because you just don't have the budget for it. So if you're a, if you're an e-commerce company, typically you will optimize for the purchase event, right? But if you have a low ad spend and maybe a high CPA on your product, you might consider optimizing for higher funnel events. Like I know people that optimize for add to cart or page view or view content. That's not an ideal scenario. You really need to be able to get to a point where you're really optimizing for the thing that you really, really want, which is at the end of the day, a purchase if you're an e-commerce company. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. You actually, you gave me, you reminded me of another nugget that I'm going to save for the next episode. So for our listeners... Tune in next time All right. because we've got some wicked ninja shit tricks coming for you. I think the next one is going to be a case study by you. So there you go. Oh, yeah. All right. So that so we fixed that. And so we're optimizing for our lead event. At some point, maybe we will optimize for the booked call event. Then the next thing we did is we just did a lot of deep dive research here. So this is the second thing that we do. So we're very methodical as far as what our approach is. Make sure tracking is in place first, number one. Number two, then it's okay. Let's go deep on this business. And so what we typically will do is we'll do what we refer to as creative lab, deep dive research, CLDDR, as what everybody refers to it inside tier 11. But if you don't go as deep as we do, that is okay. But if you can go maybe half as deep, 
you're well ahead of the competition. And all mm-hmm. this really is us understanding through 16 different potential channels, everything about the avatar, the ideal customer, the business itself. And so we will go and look at surveys. We'll look at reviews. We'll dissect landing pages, sales pages. We'll go to the competition. We'll go to Amazon and look at, obviously, the product itself, download the product reviews, go to the competition, download product reviews, create this massive document that we talk that we refer to as the Creative Lab Deep Dive Research. And then we aggregate all this information through a tool called the Len tool, which you can use inside Google Sheets, which mm-hmm. it pulls out individual words, the ones that are actually the most common. It's almost like a, a word cloud. And so we start to create a general idea of our messaging and who our avatar is. And through that deep dive research, like we go super deep here. You don't have to go as deep, but if you do no research, you're really shortchanging your entire marketing. You, you need to go deep and understand, oh, I think I'll just target females that are between the ages of 34 and 55 that drive a minivan and like Pilates. That's not enough. That's demographic right. research. We're talking about like psychographic research, how they feel, how they think, what is in their head, what is the conversation that's going on in their head. And this is what deep dive research is a precursor to the messaging and ultimately the ad copy, the creative, the images, the videos, everything that goes along with it comes out of that process. Does that make sense, Gossam? That makes perfect sense. I to, to my agency owners out there, be real careful about just interviewing your client and taking what they say wholesale. Because mm. generally speaking, clients don't know their customers. And it's I, I think that's a ubiquitous truth. The reason they think people are buying is not the reason people are buying. And so doing what Ralph was talking about, looking at test, dude, that's, I remember when you told me that I took that away. I thought that was so smart. When you go look at their testimonials or their reviews mm. and you pull the language out of the reviews, because when I started doing that, not as a system, I don't, I'm not nearly as well as process driven as you are in this particular context. But when I have a new prospect coming in and I look at the reviews and you really start to see what moves the needle, that's not always, and generally isn't at all what my customer says moves the needle. So true. I mean, you want to do the interviews with the customer as part of this. Like sure, I said, but sort that's, of not, that's where most agencies stop. They're like, sure. oh, okay, this is what you told me. I believe you. Wholesale. Yeah, let's talk to you about your business. Who's your avatar? Right. Like they, they will have great insights. In most cases, I would say, and those are insights that we absolutely take into consideration. Like part of those 16 blocks, 16 things that we look at, one of them is like founder interviews, company interviews on our onboarding calls where we go through all that, but we don't rely on that exclusively. That's just one set of data points. And oftentimes we'll come back after we do the deep dive research and do what we call, you know, our creative team calls it the dog and pony show, but it's actually more than that. It's the presentation of their findings. It takes about a week or two. Like this deep dive research stuff, like we have staff members that just go whole hog into it and come out the other end out of the bunker with, all right, here's what I found out. And sometimes Mm. it doesn't match what the business owner thinks. And there's a little bit of conflict and tension that's created around it, which that's our job is to uncover things that they didn't know before, which I wouldn't say tension. It's a healthy tension. But the point is that's part of our role. And it's not all about some nifty tip or trick anymore. Awesome. Like it's the same thing. It's like we've talked about many times. Your messaging matters more so now 
than ever. And deep dive research fuels that messaging. And that's why we take such a long period of time to do it. If you get anything from this segment, like do more research on your avatar, your product, what your customers are saying about you, and use that potentially as messaging that turns into ad copy and creative in your ads themselves. So what we found here is we, this is what we found with this group is that remember we're trying to get corporate executives to find their dream jobs. So what we really found is that there are word cloud really focused in on like negative thinking and the interview process and the constant rejection and what that leads to. It's, it's like, I have, and then it creates a sense of pessimism and a loss of confidence. And then they go into the interview and then they're bogged down with all these sort of negative thoughts that negatively impact every interview. These are the fears of the people and the problems. This is the conversation that's going on inside their head that we found through this research. So when they actually do get a shot at the job interview, they feel unprepared or maybe overwhelmed by this whole process, which results in a loss of hope. This is not 34 to 55 years old, drives a minivan, likes Pilates, lives in Dallas, Texas research. Mm -hmm. This is psychographic. This is deep. And you'll see how this manifests itself in our videos and our ad copy. And we use this for our media buying team, our creative team, our conversion architecture team, which is after the click, and how we advise them on their offer and their landing page and their messaging and all that stuff. It all comes from this deep dive research. I love that. You know what this reminds me of is it like you're Meryl Streep or Daniel Day-Lewis and you're doing a character study. It's like you're going to play this person in a movie. You have to know them that well. Absolutely. And I think the best actors do a tremendous amount of preparation, right? Yeah. It's empathy, man. You just got to get to know people. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis, I think is just... And yeah, DDL, he's a nut job. He like, he'll go and live in a cave or shoot himself into space and be an astronaut for 18 months before he plays an astronaut. Right. Just... You don't need to shoot yourself into space necessarily, but that's the extreme to the ex very, very high level people. If you can take right. anything away from this conversation, do more than you're doing right now in the deep dive research, because you're probably not doing enough. And that right. might be the reason why your ads aren't converting, because it's not resonating with the market, because you're missing that, how they feel, how they think. The conversation going on inside their head is absolutely essential. And I love to brag about our team, but I think our team does an extraordinarily great job at this. So you'll see how this all impacted things. So after we did that deep dive research, then we install what's referred to as the creative lab, which is, all right, we take the deep dive research and now we take that messaging and then start crafting messages about it. And at each level of traffic, that message was slightly different. Okay. Could, mm. Depending on where they're at in the customer journey, we call it the customer acquisition path, all being unaware, level one, maybe problem aware, level one traffic all the way through to becoming a customer. Like each level of their traffic was fed by this deep dive research. The messaging from the deep dive research all revolved around some of the same themes. And depending on where they were in the journey, let's say I registered for the webinar, but I didn't show up to the webinar. Maybe I clicked on the video ad, didn't go any further. And let's say I got to the webinar, but then I clicked on the book call, but then I didn't book a call. Let's say I went to the webinar, clicked on the book call, booked a call, but didn't show up. Like all of those five different people, like there is different messaging for each one of those levels. And if you understand what the conversation that's going on inside their head, you can then create ads for each individual level 
based upon your research and how they're thinking and feeling. That makes sense. Mm, That does make sense. So this level of traffic was the one that we really focused in on because the top of funnel, I don't know if this is the case of Solutions 8, but if you look at a a tier 11 ad account, 80% of the ad spend is on level one traffic, which is basically top of funnel traffic. The retargeting, the stuff that happens level two all the way through to level five is anywhere from 20 to 25% total. Your ad to cart, your level four, like I'm just about ready to buy is maybe 1% of your traffic, probably the highest return on ad spend, of course. But we tend to focus in on that level one traffic more so than I think any other, because that's the one where that's why customers hire us is to acquire new customers and enhance their long-term value. So the ads that actually came out spoke to all this with a pitch. So it talked about the application process. The ads talked about all these sort of individual pain points. They talked to, they might have the skills, but their negative thinking and their desperation impact the interview. Every unsuccessful interview adds to the cycle of lost hope. Like when they get, when you get a shot in the interview, do you feel like you know, you're unprepared and you're overwhelmed by the rigorous process. And you're probably not even thinking that you can ever really land your dream job. Well, in fact, you can. And here's what, here's our solution. Here's our three-step program. Here's our lead magnet. Here's our webinar. Here's our, so you're using that. And then you're obviously you're empathizing. It's empathy. Like what you said before, you're empathizing with your target market, but then You're slowly in your copy, or this could be in your video if you wanted to as well. You're then transitioning them into, okay, there's no reason to have a loss of hope. There is actually a proven five-step plan that will help you nail that interview. And let me show you what it is. Click here and get it. And those are usually the types of ads that work the best for us. So empathy up front, understanding the problem, and then there's a transition at the end. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. This is brilliant, man. So with those ads, and we really haven't talked about, aside from just separating out level one through level five traffic, I believe in this case, we actually combined our level three and level four traffic together because the audiences weren't huge. But oftentimes, we'll separate each individual level of traffic into its own campaign. In a lot of cases now, we'll just do level one traffic, and then we'll do a level two through five campaign. So we try and consolidate the learning just a bit. But aside from that for campaign management, most of the success of this was messaging as well as some alterations to their funnel, which we'll get into in just a second here. So we started running those ads. We separated out the levels of traffic through the traffic harmonizer. And then we got that messaging in there that we just discussed. Okay, we're starting to get some momentum here. So what happened was that we saw some improvement. The webinar lead magnet opt-in rates were about the same. The weekly booked calls started to really shoot up, increased like 400% just based upon this, like two changes that we've made, plus the tracking, I guess that's three changes. But the CPA was still way too high. Still, it was like 400 bucks. So we're like, oh, damn. All right. So we looked at our data. And what we realized is that it wasn't necessarily the ads. We had figured out that the ads and the traffic was doing its job. It was the offer itself. Is there a way for us to look at the offer and look at it from maybe a different angle? And unless you're Jason Fladling, I mean, there's, it's hard to pull off a really good webinar. 
It really mm. is. It's hard to get people to show up. It's hard to get people to register. Everyone has them. It might have, in our case, maybe it didn't run its course as this type of traffic funnel where you can learn the five key principles to land your dream job masterclass. Maybe that had run its course. Was it a live webinar or was it one of those on-demands? It was on-demand. Okay. It was on-demand. So the, the point that I'm trying to make here is that they had a couple of different sales funnels. Like I said, they actually had a five little-known strategies that'll work for nailing that first interview. They also had this other webinar. This is all front-facing, gated content. And so we said, the goal really isn't to get them into the webinar. The goal is to get a booked call. So why don't we ungate all this content and then just promote them to book a call based upon if they're qualified. You have to qualify them first. So this was sort of our thinking. So our conversion architecture division kind of went to work on this and looked at their funnel. And we're basically putting up a wall between the thing that we really want, which is the booked call, because we're asking them to put their name and email either into the lead magnet or into the webinar registration, which is the normal way of doing things, right? This is what people do. This is how we're all taught as digital marketers. Oh, create, build a list, get their name and their email, and then you can retarget to them. If building the list, getting that information is defeating the purpose, the real purpose of your business, then you might want to consider a different way in which to approach that, that cold traffic. Does that make mm. sense? So what we did is we ungated that content really very simply. So instead of a webinar, we put all the content that was on the webinar plus the stuff that was in their lead magnet, and we put it all on a sales page, a long form sales page with a video that just explained it all, ungated to the world. So we use the same ads, get them right to this page, and then right in the middle, there was a booked call, there was a prompt for a booked call or a schedule a breakthrough session. And with all the trust signals that are on there and everything else. So it was basically, it was a sales page, but it was a content rich sales page. Now, when you ungate content, you run the risk of potentially getting the wrong customer. So we immediately got a lot of booked calls, but some of them weren't qualified. So we needed to alter our system. So we changed up the funnel itself by putting the scheduler first, have them schedule a date. And then after they schedule a date, then we put in a short form application. So mm. this is something that you really do want to test. Do you put the application first and then the book a call after? We've done this thousands of times. Sometimes it works that way. Sometimes it works the other way. In this particular case, getting a date, taking that first step of commitment, and then finishing after you've chosen the date by filling in a short application, we found trimmed down their booked calls and upped the quality. Because remember, booked call, more of those booked calls ultimately lead to sales, correct? So we needed another sort of step in here because we were ungating the front end content without having to ask for their name and email. Does that all make sense? Yeah. Well, and I think that the I, I like that you're having this follow-up post-conversion. Because it's one of the things that a lot of agencies don't do is concern themselves with lead quality. You know, it's like, oh, we booked the call, done. My job is over. 
and this is part of the funnel architecture that I think is so important. We did something similar for Montessori schools. I've got like 50 Montessori schools that we run ads for because I'm obsessed with Montessori education. And one of the things that we started to do is after somebody schedules a tour of a Montessori school, we send them a follow-up email, post-tour schedule that includes the tuition rates. And what started to happen is people would schedule a tour, get the email, cancel the tour. And the school owners would say, wait a minute, we don't want to do that. We don't want them to cancel. And I'm like, yeah, you do. If the price is the only reason they're canceling, there's not much you're going to do in this tour that's going to talk them into going to school, in my very soft opinion. And that saved you time, effort, energy, et cetera. And I like these two-step processes because, man, you can inundate a sales team. I'd actually rather have less calls and more sales because some things are scalable, some things aren't, and your time, your calendar isn't. So I think this is really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely what you're saying is true. Like not all leads are created equal. And mm. just because you're getting lots of leads doesn't necessarily mean you're getting closer to your big goal. Well, leads is just one step along the way. Ultimately, it's tuition dollars in the bank that you want right. for the right type of individual in the Montessori school example here. So you want to be able to attract the right person, but sometimes it's repelling the wrong people is even more so the key. And I think by putting the price in your email, that repelled the wrong type of person who was really just right. doing price shopping. So in this case, this application that we used a couple of different forms of, we had a long form one and then the short form one, and then we measured each and looked, all right, where are they, get, are they getting more scheduled calls, more booked calls with the shorter form than they were with the longer form, but is the quality just as good, if not better. And what we found is that the quality was about equal, but the conversion rate was much higher on the shorter form in this particular mm. step. So this is four steps past the ads, guys. Like we're not even talking about ads anymore. We're into the offer itself and optimizing the offer, which as a business owner, it's not just about pouring traffic onto a bad offer. It's about looking at your offer itself and how can you enhance it to get you closer to your ultimate goal, which in this case was sales, booked calls, qualified people on the book call, and ultimately the sales team closing those booked calls. Were they tracking show rates just out of curiosity? Yeah. So that's the big thing is once you actually book and schedule a call, who shows up? Right. So what we found, we inserted this sort of in the last minute is to once they do fill out the application, they're then sent a text message with an outbound salesperson who basically gets on a quick triage call for them and preps them. There's a little bit of an SMS sequence that went along with this as well. And then that person then gets on a quick call, 10, 15 minutes, and preps them for their actual call. So we call it a triage call. And what we found is that when we inserted that step into this process, that increased the show rates for the booked call, which mm. maybe that day might be next week, all that. So there's all these steps that you really have to look at. And I think as a business owner, go through your entire sales funnel, look at it logically, like where are people dropping off? Where could you potentially increase your ultimately your sales by increasing the conversion rate for the booked call or for maybe it's your add to cart, maybe you have 99% of people who come to your cart page and bail out. Maybe you should look at that page. Should you add some testimonials? Should you add some trust factors? Should you start taking PayPal? You know, Should you do anything on that page? So look at 
where the weak points in your sales funnel is or your customer acquisition path, in essence, and work on those things. It might not be the quality of traffic that your agency is getting you. It might be your offer itself. It, and that's what we tend to do is we do we have an entire division that does that because we realize it's so important for the effectiveness of the ads, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So last but not least, we then had the final thank you page after they filled in the application we added in what we call a content-rich thank you page. And this content-rich thank you page was all in an effort to make sure that they continue the process, show up for the booked call, is excited about the prospect of talking to someone from their team. And so we put some trust factors there. The owner of the business actually has a video where he talks about how excited they are and what's in store for them. Then there's some other pieces of material in there, like they have a lot of stuff that's a Newsweek, Fast Company, Forbes. They have links to their articles, Credibility Booster there. Then they have podcasts, links to their podcast, like a content-rich thank you page that says, we're legit, and here's some free resources that are going to help you in your journey in enhancing trust, obviously enhancing the show rates. They're going to be getting a triage call anyway. So that certainly did help. And then last but not least, there's a Facebook group that they have for these people. So join our free Facebook group. So all mm. kinds of resources on that final page, just because they booked a call, your job isn't done. You still have to make sure they show up and also prep them in the final stages of that customer acquisition path to ultimately take the final step, which is to fork over the credit card and pay for the service. So all these factors into one, we started to see some pretty darn good results. With the funnel, the second funnel, we noticed that our cost per book call was decreasing. It was going down to about $145, which was a huge improvement. Their booked calls basically doubled by 200%, and their revenue started to increase as well. So we started to see some pretty good things happening here, which were precursors for for ultimately the big success. One of the things that I do want to mention here is that we had ads that were resonating, but we also then went back to the top of funnel and said, okay, how can we enhance their ads even more? And this is after we've already gotten the success. And this is what's now helping them to scale to that next level. Maybe we'll do a case study follow-up on these guys in a couple of months, is that we started using those testimonial mashup videos. And the testimonial mashup videos are, in essence, just introducing the problem to start same ad copy as we were using before that resonates with how they're thinking and how they're feeling. And then it goes immediately into testimonials and not the entire testimonial, just the juiciest 30 seconds, 20 seconds. And this is really important. We were talking earlier about the importance of testimonials. You don't use the entire testimonial. You pull out the best parts. You have a good video editor. I'm sure Ian Ian and his team did a really good job for your guys' stuff. Pull out the best parts and then use that as a mashup. And in this particular case, it was about five or six different individuals talking about their journey, their struggle, all the things that are reinforced in the messaging that we have in the ad copy, and then the solution. As soon as I hired this company and got their coaching, I landed my dream job. And now I'm at XYZ Corporation. I hope to be here for the next 20 years, like that kind of stuff, like transformational stories inside a testimonial mashup. So alongside some B-roll, We've got some big benefits. We help directors, VPs, and executives 
land jobs they love, like adslets and overlay over like when people are talking about their service. And then at the end is this sort of a call to action, which is book your call today, click the link above uh, and schedule your call with our professionals. So that video ad, that testimonial mashup video is still running to this day and continues to sustain the business and getting it to the level where we've now doubled their revenue. We're looking to triple their revenue and quadruple their revenue and continue to scale up their sales team, really. So that's that next step. And that's a great feeling when you can max out the capacity of the business so they have to hire more people. And that's, in essence, what happened with these guys. And they're really doing a great job helping executives and VPs land their dream job. And we were certainly a part of that. But all those things together, Kasim, was really what made the case study work. And it wasn't just one thing. There was 100 other things that didn't work. But this four or five different pieces came together to really allow this company to get to the next level. I love that, man. I love it when you outrun a client too. There's always a kind of a point of pride and we're like, stop, we can't take any more leads. Yeah, seriously. It's, uh, we actually met with a customer in DC and they said that we actually had to turn people away for this one event that they do every single year. And as a result of that, they've now gotten a bigger event space. Well, it's so, so cool. it's, that's really impactful. That's a lot of fun when that sort of stuff happens. So yeah, so that's, uh, that's this week's case study. We refer to the framework that we used in this whole thing as the customer, customer acquisition amplification, or it's a, it's a template that we use, which layers in the creative lab, which we talked about the deep dive research traffic harmonizer, as well as conversion architecture. Maybe we'll leave a link in the show notes to, to get people to download that graphic custom because it's really, it's a framework that our entire team uses as guideposts to which part of it we'll deploy with different customers. And it has some tips and tricks in there that remind people of a lot of the marketing basics that we covered in today's case study. Yeah. And dude, I don't know that I'd call them basics, to be honest with you. I think you dropped some pretty advanced pearls here. So this was awesome. Yeah. So we will leave links in the show notes as well. And if you want to grab a copy of the customer acquisition amplification super system, we will leave links for that as well. Kasim, you're going to be next up on the next case study. Can't wait for that. I've been doing the all the talking here today. I can't follow this. No, I've seen some of your, uh, some of your case studies. They're pretty good. So can't wait for that one. Thank you for listening and make sure that you do subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening. Let us know what we can do better head on over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active, although I'm getting more and more active on Twitter. And Kasim, I know you're pretty active over on Twitter, at Kasim Aslam. Go back and listen to previous episodes. And uh, like I said, all resources and show notes are at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic, 